How's it going, everybody? Welcome to an exciting episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, as it's now time to get into the award season. Over the next two episodes, we're going to be discussing the award winners, what you, the fans, chose for your favorites for this season for Orange County Soccer Club. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. It's a one-two, Godoy, he's found a great ball, and it bolts in plenty of time, he smashes it off and doubles the visitors' lead, Thomas Ennevolson. Now Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack, a little handsy there, crosses it, Pineda, the extra pass, Seaton finishes! It rolls down to his left and parrying aside. Well taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County off the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how's it going orange county welcome to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast presented by roughneck scarves we are the first and only podcast dedicated to orange county soccer club its fans and supporters I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. I'm going to try and make it through this episode. My voice is slowly creeping away, uh, but I'm going to push through. I'm going to push through. But before we do that, I got to welcome everyone back onto this episode. Uh, We got three familiar faces to join me here. The first one, uh, he's probably the most familiar because he's with me each and every episode uh, from Caroline Coalition. That's Dylan. Dylan. Are you excited about award season? I, I am. I um, I had a dream about soccer last night, so I'm already ready for the off season to be over. I think is is what that means. You're just counting down for March or April, whatever uh, March, the, yeah. the the first day of the new season will be. Um, I think a lot of fans. Uh, I, I I think any fan of a team not currently in the playoffs is probably looking now forward to that date when the season starts again because we all love to be. Uh, at the stadium watching some live soccer before we get there though we've got someone that's probably excited for this upcoming usl championship season uh down in san diego where they just announced a uh, the the branding for their new club for all of their loyal supporters down there in san diego that's alan alan how are you doing down there man excited yeah um a lot of big news coming out um we're building a a supporters group already. Uh, some guys are working on that, and they're pretty successful. Uh, a lot of history. One of the guys did uh, help build the 3252 for LAFC. Uh, so there's a lot of excitement down here. The banter has started already. As soon as the name launched, it was like a barrage of uh, USL and MLS uh, hate fest um, about the name. Not so much about the crest, uh, but more just about the name. Uh, but, I mean... I guess welcome to the USL. It's been uh, it's been fun. Uh, I kind of expected some of that banter, especially from the Phoenix crew, because um, they're involved in everything. Uh, I haven't seen Logan tweet too much at at me about the USL San Diego stuff, but I anticipate seeing 
tons of Logan on my Twitter feed coming up pretty soon. Uh, I'm just excited uh, and for what it means as well for local rivalry. Uh, So now Orange County has a California team local that uh, they can banter and have a good time with because LA LA is not going to cut it. So I'm excited uh, to see the team being built and then uh, how Orange County and San Diego kind of push each other for Southern California dominance. So the question is, where does your loyalty fall between San Diego and Orange County now? Are you going to be sort of a fan for one and more informational for the other? Or are you going to be a fan of two teams? Uh, I, I have to I have to go with uh, the loyalty is going to be to the San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. Uh, but Orange County is going to have a – always has a, is a place in my heart. And I will follow them as closely as I follow them this season. Um, to, to talk about what's going on in Orange County, uh, to create content for Orange County. Um, and I will root for Orange County every week, but two weeks, uh, unless they meet in the playoffs, then we'll make it three. Uh, but I will root for Orange County to be successful and, and be willing to, uh, create content and chat about Orange County every week. Um, and before we get uh, started into all the fun, we also got to welcome back. Uh, what is this now? Like your fourth or fifth time joining us, uh, Jacob? Jacob down there from the tip of Texas. Uh, Jacob Young, how are you doing, Jacob? Doing great. Looking forward to talk soccer and just, yeah, looking forward to have a good time. It's like, yeah, it's like my fourth time back on this show. And fun fact about that, I'm like two and one when the Toros play you all when i'm on this show well luckily so. we're not playing this week then right exactly um, i mean we're we're out of the playoffs all well i was about to say all texas teams no eh, yeah paso. really all texas teams are out of this playoffs except for el paso which is technically pretty, you much, know, just... pretty much new mexico exactly right there, right? yeah yeah exactly. it's just that little strip between new mexico and the country of mexico basically yeah. um and uh, I got to say this, right, because John Macaluso over 1868 Weekly loves to joke how this is like his his show and we just sort of babysit it for him. But I'm thinking now Jacob's getting to the point now where you've been on the show more than him. So, John, I mean, if you want to claim part of the show as yours, you got to you got to find your way back on here. Um, but all jokes aside, welcome back, Jacob. We, we love having you on. You're always a, a great to talk to, and you always have a lot of great information. We'll see uh, how you can do with some of this Orange County, because pretty much focusing on Orange County today, uh, we brought on Jacob along to help us uh, with some of our award announcements this, uh, this episode. We'll see how that goes. Before we get into the awards, I know that's all uh, what you all want to hear about. We do have one amazing, important piece of news that broke earlier today. Uh, and that was the announcement of the return for next season and seasons to come of uh, defender Michael Orozco. Uh, for those not familiar with him, maybe if you're not an Orange County SC follower, uh, he is the former U.S. men's national team player that joined Orange County midseason. Uh, took him maybe a month or so, month and a half to get into form and figure out his place on this club. But he definitely uh, became a big part of this team's run at the end of the season. Uh, unfortunately, fell short in the playoffs, although he, again, had the most amazing goal in that first round of the playoffs. Uh, I, I dare anyone to contest that. Uh, unfortunately, it happened in the playoffs. We had already done our voting for goal of the season, or that probably would have been able to win. Uh, Dylan, I'm going to go to you first as the, uh, out of all of us, the longest supporter of this team. How excited are you to have Michael Orozco back for the next few seasons or next couple of seasons? 
I mean, it's pretty big. Um, everyone that's played with the club this year that we've asked has said he's been a massive um, impact for them, just kind of guiding them, whether it's um, positional stuff, what they're doing in their own um, play style, or just being a professional. Um, he's kind of gone and done it. You know, he's, he's kind of he's reached the heights that some of these guys, maybe some of the younger guys, are going to eventually reach. Um, you know, 29 caps for the U.S., um, it's good to keep him around. He's only 33 still. He clearly can still play this level um, pretty easily. They said it's for um, next year and beyond, so I imagine it's probably a, a two-year contract with an extra option for uh, for a club year, which would put him at, I think, 35 when that uh, that club option comes up. So it's a, it's a step in the right direction for building for next season, but it's also a step in the right direction for nurturing some of these younger players. And you got to think with him coming back, it uh, continues to add to that credibility for a club. I know Orange County is a pretty solid, you know, uh, as one of the original members of the the current iteration of what we have with USL, um, uh, uh, adding a strong piece like that. I mean, probably not at the level of someone maybe like a Drogba in Phoenix or something like that as far as worldwide popularity. But you're bringing in someone that has this um, pedigree. He's played uh, what was it? I think 29 caps with the U S men's national team. Um, so you're bringing in someone that, and you're, re- well, you're returning someone that can definitely help with the growth of the club. Like you said, Dylan help with the younger players and just sort of maybe prove that this is a team that you can come play for and actually, uh, you know, compete and have a great season. What do you think, Alan? Um, to be honest, I thought Orozco wasn't going to come back. Um, I thought that he kind of did his job and maybe they would transition him to uh, more of a Richard Chapelo role uh, where he's part of the team as more of a coach. Um, so I'm I'm actually really excited to see him back on the field, uh, or back on the pitch. I think he brought a lot, like Dylan said, a lot of um, leadership, a lot of coaching, a lot of uh, communicated communication. Um, we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Um, and she, he was brought up as kind of a, a mentor of sorts. And I know that's how coach Cloutier referred to him as well. Like he's going to come in and they're going to sign these 14, 15, 16 year old kids, you know, having someone like Michael Orozco around is a great mentor, not only on the pitch, but off the pitch, uh, the national team stuff, like, it's just going to be such a great resource. Uh, for these younger players to really develop them faster uh, because there's just more eyes and and more people guiding them. And I think it's what Orange County is doing a really good job of now is blending that experience with youth. And they're continuing to sign young players, but they're also continuing to sign really smart, um, older play. I shouldn't say older, but more experienced players that really serve as mentors on the pitch. Because, I mean, you've got a couple guys yelling from the sideline, but Michael Orozco can pull them off in the middle of the, you know, uh, a dead ball and be like, Hey, you know, when that guy does this, do that. And that's on, you know, on another on the field coach. And so I, I think it's a really smart move by Orange County. And I know uh, Orozco is going to do a great job. He spoke to how big of a job it is and how, how much he takes it seriously to be that mentor. And, you know, a bonus for it all is he is local. He's from Southern California. So you're not, keeping an experienced player that maybe doesn't have roots in this area. This is someone that um, has more opportunity to help grow the team locally because he has 
the roots in Southern California. Uh, and, and you look at it, it's probably a similar situation of what we all expected with Kevin Alston last year. I think all of us probably thought Kevin Alston wasn't returning after he came in midway through last season, had a pretty solid season with us, helped, helped us in our run to the Western Conference Championship. I think, I know Dylan and I talked about it, that we definitely didn't expect him back. Uh, and when he was resigned, it was just like, okay, this is pretty awesome. Um, so sort of similar thing when you have Michael LaRosco. I'm going to uh, just jump with J- uh, to Jacob really quick as an outsider on this. When an, a team like Orange County has an opportunity to retain a player, the quality of Michael LaRosco, uh, you have to do it, right? And what is it? what do you think, how, do, how does it help um, any team, whether it was your team, Orange County, any team in this situation? Yeah, exa- exactly. It helps your team momentously or Really, it just helps your team very well because due to the fact that, well, you your players are normally going to be very young. I mean, that's what the USL championship or just USL in general is for. And, of course, you need that mix. You can't just have all these young players and you can't just have all those old players for sure. You have to have that good mix where you have some veterans and it those veterans will help your players, not just, of course, coaches, but just the veterans on the pitch telling you, like the defense, a perfect example for the Toros. We have uh, Connor Donovan, player who is technically signed with Houston Dynamo and all this stuff, and he was able to be there where there's young talent around him, but he's able to tell people this and that. Same thing, Tyler Derrick was with Houston – was with Houston and now RGV, and it was that same exact thing. He's in goal. Yes, he's yelling around, but he can also tell these players, look, you do this and this. Yes, of course, he's got that problem with concussions, but other than that, it's just you need that balance. Perfect. Um, I would jump to you, Dylan. Do you have anything else you want to say regarding Michael Orozco? I, again, I think it's uh, exciting to have him back next season um, when you can get the opportunity to bring that type of player in. Uh, or retain that type of player, you have to do it. Uh, any last thoughts, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, just everyone's kind of touched on it now, but the, the local um, thing is huge. Yeah. Um, we're trying to bring up a bunch of local players um, and, and have a uniquely Southern California and uh, Orange County identity attached to the club and having a mentor in that role um, who's who's coming home um, to finish out his career and to, and to step into this next little phase of his career is is huge and uh, i think that's probably the reason that this deal is the first one that the club got done um because obviously both parties really want him here um and we have a lot to look forward to i think perfect um so again welcome back michael Orozco. we're excited for what this is going to mean for next season uh of of course we're going to be more excited as we hear more and more names of either returning players or new players that join the roster over the next coming months uh but now let's turn to the reason why many of you are going to be listening to this episode or even watching us live uh and that is to find out who won these awards that you the fans voted for uh, we opened up voting. I believe it was the last home game of the season. We kept voting open a little bit longer than we did last season uh, to give you more opportunity to go in and really pick the, the the winners that you want. We're splitting this up into two episodes. So we got uh, nine awards we're going to announce today. We'll have a, uh, an additional eight that we will announce next week. So you'll get to hear some of these awards. What we're going to do is we're going to go through the awards, the nominees, the winners, and then we'll briefly talk about those. Um, we'll share our opinions if we agree with what you, the fan, said, or if uh, we 
aren't quite happy with the choices or however we'll do that. We'll figure it all out. Um, but we're going to get right into the swing of things. And, and to kick things off, we're going to jump into uh, the best hair category. And of course, we have to have Alan uh, talk about this because, of course, he has the best hair on the podcast. So, Alan, go ahead. I'm not sure about, about that. I think Dylan probably has the best well, hair on the podcast, but but we're um, not just talking about top of the head. I mean, you got oh, fair, fair. I got the, the yeah, and so I should the whole package. I feel like Plus I should have dressed hurt. up, dressed up for this, like no. a tuxedo, cummerbund. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it so you could unbutton your shirt and show us the chest hair. <laughs> no, 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 no one wants to see that. No one, no one. I get I get dressed in the dark for that reason. So best the best hair nominees for the 2019. Orange County season nominees are Michael Seaton, Aaron Cervantes, and Harry Forrester. And the winner for best hair goes to the drum roll. Harry Forrester. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, I voted for Seaton, so I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, I think this this uh, category could also have been best chest tattoo. Um, and it would have been <laughs> probably between some similar people as well. Um, there was a team full of great headed, great hair um, on the team. Uh, it was kind of, do you like the hipster kind of cut from Harry Forrester? Or do you like the uh, the different versions of the Seton hair <laughs> uh, that he went with? Or you could have got a buzz cut, you know, whatever. Uh, but Harry Forrester walks away with the award. Um we reached out to Harry Forrester for a comment about his hair, uh, but he was uh, his he, he was unwilling to talk about it. He said, "You know, um, my I I am not prepared to discuss uh, my physical features for the podcast." Is this football manager? That's like one of the prompts. Is I am not prepared to discuss. It's usually transfer stories today, but wow, you don't even play, and it's just like spot on. And then the reporter says, but fans really want to hear from you or yeah, hear what me... you got to say or something, right? Mm -hmm. oh, uh, so to be honestly fair, we did not reach out to get <laughs> Harry Forrester. Allen's just trying to be a goofball there. Um, but I'm sure Harry Forrester would have proudly accepted that award, held up the fake trophy and, and said something nice about I that. I think so. it's just a tub of gel that he's shoveling in his hair. <laughs> so whatever it is, actually... doesn't like hold up to the sweat. The award for best hair, we should just game. give. We're going to do that next year is we're going to buy like a tub of like that cheap, like 99 cent big old tub of goo. The that, green one. That, yeah. That stuff. And we'll just <laughs> that as, the, as the trophy for, for best hair next season. Uh, I think that'd be awesome. Uh, Jacob, I don't know if you got to see those three players and what their hair looks like. Do you agree with that? Uh, that choice for best hair? Yeah, I think I, I would agree with that for sure. Um, of course, hair is not my, Forte, considering <laughs> my haircut is the most basic, it's just a buzz cut. But apparently, Forte. Alan thinks that could have been a, a, a winner. I mean, based on likes or, or suggestions or whatever. Alan's I mean, doing. it's clean. It looks. It look, I mean, <laughs> it's not offensive to the bald-headed people. I mean, I want yeah. you to shave your head. Alan. Um, yeah, that Alan, is not going to happen. Buzz I have a weird shaved on head. the top and on the chin. Um, no, no, just the beard. <laughs> Let, let's move it right along then. And, and we're going to keep listening to what Alan has to say because he's actually chosen to uh, announce the next award. And this next award is our newcomer of the year. This is actually a new category we added this season. Uh, so we had the fans vote 
all of the new players that came in, who was their favorite. Uh, take it away, Alan. I figured this would be appropriate since I am also a newcomer uh, this year that I would announce the new the newcomer of the year. Our nominees are Harry Forrester, Frederick Dua, or Dew, depending on how you want to pronounce it, and Michael Orozco. And the winner is goalkeeper Frederick the Patrick Dua. Uh, and we do have a statement from Frederick. Uh, this is true. This is, this is a real. This is true. Time. This is not me making it up. Uh, he says, thanks for the award. It's always nice to get recognition for the work you do and all the hard work behind the scenes. It has been a, it's, it's been a pleasure playing for OC this season. And thanks to all of my teammates. There we go. Um, I'm going to go to you first, Dylan. Dylan, your thoughts on uh, Frederick Douay or Do or whatever broadcast you're listening to. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on him with the newcomer? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I do. Um, and, and that's not to say that Michael Rosco didn't have a massive impact for the, for the back line. Um, the, I think 19 appearances he ended up making, but Frederick really picked up, um, you know, being a goalkeeper in a, in a new team is not an easy situation to go. Um, going from a team that's just getting shelled on a weekly basis to going to Orange County, um, uh, where things are a little bit less crazy is not going to be easy. We saw it last year with Luis Lopez struggling um, in goal uh, and just making terrible decisions on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, mistakes can be made. And instead, Frederick came in, the coaching staff and all the other players said he was a, just super professional, got on with everyone right away, wasn't afraid to yell at them when they deserved it and did plenty of yelling at them when they deserved it. And um, came up with some massive massive saves i mean we could have probably put almost all of his saves for save of the year uh and instead just a couple make it but yeah i, I love it um i'm hoping we get some some more frederick do next year because uh you know i just i just love me some danes apparently they're always good here <laughs> they're always good they're always welcome would you say they're always. great i would say they're you know i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna save that for the tifo for next year but yeah is this gonna be like an episode of punts I think I think that's where we're going. Alan, his dog was about to bark. Alan hit the mute button right away so that uh, so that we didn't have to listen to the barking going on. Um, I, I think an amazing thing when you look at Frederick season two is he wasn't the second, the third. He was actually the fourth starting goalkeeper for Orange County in the season. Uh, you might forget the first couple games we had. Um, Carlos was it Carlos Lopez, right? Or Carlos Lopez Cortez? Yeah. There we go. And then. You had Aaron Cervantes, you had Patrick McLean and Frederick Dew. So uh, it's pretty difficult when you, when, you know, you come in mid season and, Oh, and by the way, you know, we've tried all these other goalies in goal. So we're hoping you stick at this point. So I, I know Cervantes was playing really well. It was just sort of his commitments to the U S under or U 17 team that were going to maybe conflict, which is why you needed someone like uh, Frederick to come in. But it was awesome that uh, he was able to just jump right in and, and make an immediate impact there. Yeah, my favorite moment was actually not a save. It was when he sprinted halfway up the field to clear a ball that he didn't even bother to put out of bounds. He just kicked it further down the field and then immediately decided to start yelling at his players for uh, for for not covering, I guess, and, and not playing that ball well. But it was, it was quite comical to watch a goalie uh, make his way that far off the field and it not be a last-minute... <laughs> header on a corner or a set piece or something he was um 
he I mean he he played in a way that was very entertaining, very engaging. You can tell that he was a competitor and he wanted to win uh, every game. So it was really fun to to watch him out there. Yeah, sweeper keeper life for sure. <laughs> so let's move right on. And our next category we have here, this is actually going to be me. I, I, I was chosen to uh, announce this award. Um, this is going to be Loney of the Year, which uh, last season we actually had a lot of options for this for this award. And this season it came down to basically just two. Uh, and that uh, were the only two Loney's that we had on the roster this season. Uh, Frankie Amaya, who was on the roster for what, three matches or how total of 90 minutes, I think, or 80 minutes or something like that um, is all he played. And Hugo Ariano, who was a Loney from LA Galaxy. Again, another player that didn't play quite a bit this season. So probably a very difficult choice for many of the fans being that there's not really many stats or things to look at. And it actually was a decently close uh, vote. I, I thought it was going to be a runaway just because one of the players was only here for like a few games of the season and the other one was here for the whole season for the most part, but it actually was really, really close. Uh, but in the end, it was Hugo Ariano that won the award. Uh, I think uh, Ariano as the, the Loney of the Year is not a shock to anyone that follows this club. And probably even Jacob out there in Texas, if you just look at the longevity of these two players with the club, I mean, you're going to put pick someone that you know was there for 83 minutes, I think I saw on the notes, or someone that was there for the whole season. I mean, you have to go with the guy that was with you for the whole season, right, Jacob? Exactly. You have to go with the guy who was there for the whole season just due to the fact, well, he played more minutes, of course, and, well, he made the biggest impact from your team than, of course, the other guy, which would be Frankie. And, well, Hugo, great player, but... Well, he was okay versus RGV. And, of course, he was better in the first game when they were at home. But that's, of course, how it's going to go in the USL. Perfect. Uh, Dylan, Allen, do either of you have any comments on this uh, award or is this one where we could just announce the winner and move on? I mean, I think it's indicative of the direction that Orange County is going, that they just have less loanees, and they're trying to look for some people more permanent that are Orange County players specific uh, and not just guys that are getting loaned down for a couple games here and there. Like uh, I think the Amaya one was, Hey, we need a place for this guy to play for a couple games before he goes off to um, I think the same kind of thing, like U twenties uh, or U 23 uh, men's national team. But then Cincinnati just had some injuries and had to pull him back. Um, yeah. I played a couple minutes for us, but I, I think it speaks to, the direction that Orange County is moving is signing young players and making them Orange County players and not relying on an LASC to loan some folks down for a, a game or well, especially, and especially with like the difficulties that fans had or frustrations fans had with like an Alice Cronulli last season who was up and down, up and down. And it seemed after he got a few tastes of MLS throughout the season, his desire to play with Orange County in the USL was a little bit uh, um, not there. And you look back at last season, there was a couple of players that were really um, important pieces. Alex Cronali, Andre Rawls, Loney's, and this season, again, only two on the season, and one of them was there for just, you know, high and by type scenario um, shows, like Alan said, just sort of where the club's going. So um, let's move on. I'm going to hand it over to Dylan. Dylan's going to share with us who the fans voted as the best young player on Orange County this season. Yeah, I think Alan's reasoning for this was since I'm the youngest one on the podcast that I should be <laughs> the one in charge of this. I raised that Ray has two kids, 
so he's used to being around young people. Um, so he could probably manage that one. But uh, we had four um, four finalists for the best young player of the year. Uh, Vinicius, Aaron Cervantes, Edson Alvarado, and oddly, Hugo Ariano. Um, I'm not going to do a drum roll or like sing the answer like Alan. Um, Alan, drum roll. All right. The winner is Aaron Cervantes. Probably to no one's surprise. Um, just solid um, after maybe his first two appearances got settled in. I I can't really say that anyone else deserved this one. Um, and that's no disrespect to any of the either three or any of the other three that is. But Aaron hates him made some massive, massive saves. And of course, uh, he's one of our own players uh, in Orange County native, so he gets that little added bonus. Go ahead, Alan. Oh, I was just, uh, like that first game, save of the week, His like after his first start, um, it, it just started out really, really kind of, oh dang, this, this kid can play. And then it was, you know, is he going to fight for that starting role or are we going to like have to deal with Lopez and Cervantes getting a few starts here and there? But he, I mean, I wrote this, wrote about it in, you know, the four most impressive players this season. I included him on the list uh, because yeah, he only had, I think like, like 11 starts, uh, but those 11 starts were dynamite for a 17 year old kid playing a professional at the professional level. Um, so I, I was very impressed with him. Uh, teaching high school, I see tons of 17-year-olds. Uh, the way he carried himself, the way he acted, uh, the confidence that he gained over the course of the season was was very, very impressive to see a kid that young uh, play that well and have the command of, you know, and the respect of the, these professional players that have, you know, had tons of experience, not just here, but, you know, some of these guys overseas or in MLS, to really for the 17-year-old kid to feel like he, you know, can do a very good job as a goalkeeper was, was super impressive. Uh, and then on top of that, he also made some amazing dynamite saves and uh, kept us in some games, kept us, you know, level or kept us in the lead. So, I mean, this is, you know, Vinicius was impressive at times, but his injury really kept him out a lot, but, you know, to put in what the work that he did um, was, was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, nine, nine starts, only nine, uh appearances from that 21 saves three clean sheets uh he was he was ranked ninth in the usl's 20 under 20 you know he he didn't rack up an appearance at the u17 world cup but i i think that he's going to be representing the u.s um as these guys get older and he's going to fight his way into probably beating out um the other two guys that are currently ahead of him in the depth chart because those guys are going to end up playing like Premier League two sides, and by the time that those guys are doing that, Aaron's probably going to be uh, at least on an MLS side, if more likely playing somewhere in Europe and, and hopefully um, getting some good minutes there. So, I mean, Ray, do you want to offer a dissenting opinion? Can you even offer a dissenting opinion about this? Why are you throwing me under the bus like that, man? Oh, because, well, you know, Alan's been thrown under the bus by, oh, we'll get to that one later. We'll get to that later. Let, let um, me not rush into that one. <laughs> um, I think, remember, we, we talked about the for Loney of the Year, Alan made the comment is, uh, or maybe it was you, I can't remember because I'm, I'm busy looking at a bunch of other stuff as we're going through this, um, that the club is putting more of a focus and actually signing players that are, their own, that are their own 
uh, uh, focus on youth. And if you look at this award last season, we set the age cutoff, I believe, at 25. This year, we lowered it down to 22 because there was enough young, young players on the roster that were deserving of it. When we looked at last year's uh, nominees, if we would have cut it at 22, you would have had probably a bunch of players that didn't really play throughout the season. Whereas this year, each of these players on this list at least played minutes this year, played like um, when I say played minutes, played like a game worth of minutes at a time. It wasn't just, you know, spot minutes of five minutes here, 10 minutes there. They played full matches or at least started matches and stuff like that. So that shows, again, where the club is looking for these young players to develop, to bring up. And there's enough quality in these young players because they're getting more minutes and the team is still successful in that situation. Um, Quickly, Jacob, again, I, I don't know how well you know these names, Vinicius, Aaron Cervantes, Edson Alvarado, Hugo Ariano. Um, from what you know, is Cervantes the best choice? I, I think so, for sure. I mean, you're talking about young players. When young, when you have young players on your team that can make an impact like that, that can also be leaders and can really get the fans behind them, it, it's it's perfect. It, there's one player for RGVFC that this year was the same deal. He made a huge impact into uh, – the squad that well a he was a bit of a leader and b he was just this kid that didn't take anything really on the team for granted and things like that and really just played well yes he did make some mistakes but guess what he had that drive to learn and to do better and of course helping us out almost letting us make the playoffs from our crappy play throughout the year it still was pretty good so yes you want that type of player and i think that's a I think it's great. Yeah, it's it's well deserved for Aaron Cervantes. Um, I mean, what other? I guess there are other teams that can say they have a 17 year old starting goalkeeper on their roster, um, but it's a very rare thing when you see that. And it's someone that actually, when he was in goal, I don't think the fans were scared uh, that oh, mm-hmm. Aaron Cervantes in goal, we're going to give up goals, we're going to have a horrible. Our defense better, you know, play their best game of the season. I mean, Cervantes. How many times can you count, Alan, that he was up for save of the week, um, if if you can recall that? so I think it was like three at least, and I think he won twice. Yeah, so I mean, it's someone that was making legit saves uh, in the professional level, um, So and he can only grow from here. It's I mean, it's, it's amazing that he is, at least for now, with Orange County Soccer Club. I know Dylan thinks his ceiling is higher than USL. Um, I'm sure I... Th- Alan thinks that I do think that I just hope it's a few more years before that is sort of reached or discovered. So uh, let's move on ahead. The next uh, category we have defender slash goalkeeper of the year. Um, This will be me that will speak here. So let's go with it. Our nominees for this award, Aaron Cervantes, Frederick Dew, Walker Hume, Michael Orozco. Uh, I I could say this. You probably can't go wrong with any of those options for your your defender slash goalkeeper of the year. They all made an impact in one way or another throughout the season. But we do have a winner, again, voted by the fans. And please fix your mic. You have to fix your mic. What's wrong with my mic? Oh, my God. You sound like the dude from South Park. They're coming straight for us. (laughs) 
I know you said no, no, I can't hear you at all. I haven't laughed this hard on the podcast <laughs> since the um, first eggnog episode last last off season. Um, Ray is currently screaming, but he's muted, so we can't hear him. He he's yelling at some kids in the front yacht lawn. Okay, on. tell me. <laughs> Does it still sound the same way? No, no, it's much better. <laughs> You're good. Was it sounding horrible the whole time? Just no, that. It just randomly switched. Uh, oh, and you didn't God. tell me. Uh, whatever. It's okay. You know, I, I, I want to say the laptop I use to talk to you guys is not working so great because I'm seeing like a bunch of freezing from everyone on here. So I'm sure the internet is just going crazy. Am I sounding better? Yes. Or am I frozen? Oh, you're fine. <sighs> where were we? <laughs> I don't even remember where you were, so you might as well just restart. Defender, <laughs> goalkeeper of the year. Nominees, Aaron Cervantes, Frederick Du, Walker Hume, Michael Orozco. Uh, you guys are just giving me a hard time. Oh, we were about to do a drum roll or something. We don't need a drum roll. The winner is Walker Hume. And uh, we actually did get a statement from Walker Hume on this uh, award. He did say that he's, uh, uh, quote, Walker Hume, I'm extremely honored to be named Defender of the Year. It means a lot to me because it is a testament to the amount of hard work I put in in the offseason. Although I had top mentors in Kevin Alston, Michael Orozco, and Leonardo to help guide me this season. So a big thanks to them. Thanks to the fans for pushing and cheering for us all season long. So congratulations, Walker Hume. Dylan, your thoughts on Walker Hume as a defender slash goalkeeper of the year? Well, he's big and he's young um, and some other things that I won't say on the podcast. Maybe I can't confirm that or deny that. Um, I think he was really solid. Uh, we were very successful with him last year and he kind of got displaced when Yoshoivold showed up. And I thought there was a bit unlucky for him um he was really solid the last couple of appearances he made and this year brought him back a lot of game time and he was generally very solid at the back he even outran a couple wingers um, which was the funniest thing to watch happen um and so truly embarrassing for those guys that got um beaten in a foot race by a dude that is usually like seven to ten inches taller than them and definitely a good 40 to 50 pounds heavier um but well-deserved. Um, I mean, it, it was his third season with the club, and I just think this is this is kind of a place he... It seems like he enjoys being here, but he fits really well into the system and, and does a really good job for the team. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one, really, who's, who's thinking this. Um, and, and it's nice to see him kind of jump in with that as well and, and recognize um, maybe his value to the fans and to the team, but also his value as a part of the defense and the value of everyone surrounding the defense as well. Perfect. What about you, Alan? I mean, I was critical of him at times. Uh, I think there was a couple of games that he uh, probably didn't perform at his best, uh, but there were definitely long periods of time where I had to give him tons of props. Um, He's a great stand-up defender, uh, really good ball stopper, um, and race some more left. Um, He... Welcome back. He uh, made some great stand-up tackles. Um, I thought he was much better when he was uh, defending man-on-man versus uh, most of his issues came from trying to play like a 
long ball over the top uh, where you try to like kick it on a like, a, like a, on the bounce or whatever. Uh, but very rarely did he make a mistake when he was uh, manning up an offensive player. Uh, and I thought a lot of times he did such an amazing job of, uh, you know, when they got to that back line, they were driving at him. He was able to stand up and make a bunch of really good plays. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then offensively, you know, there were times where defenders were heading the ball across the box to other defenders to score. Uh, and Walker Hume was, was great at some of that, of realizing that, yeah, he might not be able to get the ball on net, on frame, uh, but he was able to pass the ball across the box uh, to somebody else who could be very dangerous. Um, so um, very good defensive defender, uh, but also had a, a good enough head on his shoulders really and figuratively uh, in the offensive zone to really um, put other players in the best position. And you could that's all you can really hope for on some of those set pieces from a defender is you might not always get the header, but if you're setting up a teammate uh, because everyone's marking you or watching you head the ball and you ball, put it across the box. Um, you're going to set up your teammates for uh, for success that you might not get a ton of credit for or remember. But um, I was I was pretty pleased with his his performance this season. Perfect. Um, let's move ahead and let's get to our midfielder of the year. We're going to hand this one off to Alan. Alan, this is all yours. Midfielder of the year. The finalists are Harry Forrester, Aiden Quinn, and Christian Duke. And your winner for a midfielder of the year is Aiden the Roaster Quinn. Um, <laughs> and burn of the year. I like that one. Yes. Right. Definitely burn of the year. Um, and so uh, we do have a uh, an audio clip that uh, that Aiden sent in uh, to play for you. So I know Ray's got that probably queued up uh, any second now uh, for Aiden Quinn's uh, thank you speech. Hey everybody, uh, I just want to say thank you for choosing me as your midfielder of the year. Uh, more importantly, thank you for all the support all year, coming to the games, watching the games, traveling. Um, hopefully next year we can go. A bit further and won a championship, but I'm excited to play in front of you guys again next year. So there you go. Um, you know, the last podcast aside, or the podcast before aside, um, I included Aiden Quinn as one of the uh, impressive uh, players. Uh, not only did he take kind of an unselfish role about dropping back and playing more of that six role, that defending the fielder, uh, but still put up some offensive numbers. Uh, still had a, a couple of amazing uh, free kicks um, and, you know, seven assists on the season, eight goals. I know it's not quite the same numbers he put up last year, but from playing from a deeper role, uh, I think that speaks more about Aiden Quinn's character and his drive to have the team play well. Um, this is not a shock. I definitely voted for him, not out of guilt, but um, because he <laughs> deserves it. Uh it's been a pleasure watching him play. His left foot is phenomenal. Um, his, his leadership is is not always the most vocal, but you can tell that he has a lot of respect to the guys uh, on the pitch. Um, and it was it was pretty amazing to watch him over the course of the season uh, do what he did um, and selflessly as well um, to, to to take that defensive role. Uh, that means he's not going to put up as many numbers, but uh, he felt the team needed it, and he really stepped up and and. Uh, played that role really, really well. And, you know, uh, 
with what he had to do this season, playing a little bit uh, further back. Part of that has to do with Christian Duke being out for the first half of the season, sort of changing the dynamics there in the midfield. If you look back at last season, him and Christian Duke were pretty much solid players for this team. Uh, you could pencil them in as your midfielders, and you knew that you were going to have a solid midfield midfield outing there in the match um, this season with some new faces coming in, some um, switching around, moving around the field a little bit, maybe made things a little bit difficult there. But uh, like you said, Alan, very uh, professional, uh, a good leader, uh, if not vocal, just a really steady, strong leader in the locker room and on the, on the field there. Uh, Jacob, I'm going to go to you really quick. You know, again, you're not, you, you don't follow OC like we do. You don't see mm-hmm. it week in and week out, but I'm sure you've probably seen and heard the name Aiden Quinn as a fan of soccer in the USL. Yeah, exactly. Aiden Quinn, I think that's one of the players that we even highlighted, uh, Edson and I highlighted on our show when we had to play all twice because he's one of those guys, just like y'all said, he's a leader for sure. And a man that can really step up when needed. And I think, well, he can hurt, he can hurt the D or yeah, he can just really protect. Well, I, I guess, yeah, just protect the defense, kind of. We're not laughing at you, Jacob. I know uh, me and Alan just started cracking up. It's because of something that Dylan put in the chat there. That's uh, sort yeah. of an inside uh, joke between Dylan, and Alan, and I. So we're not laughing at you trying to figure out mm-hmm. exactly what you're trying to say there. That's what we do all the time. Don't even worry about it. Aiden's <laughs> name has definitely adored the broadcast. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> Y'all aren't wrong. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, for sure, he, he's a good player. And will always be, of course, until the end of his career, a player that teams and everyone will be studying. Definitely. Uh, Dylan, any comments about uh, Aiden Quinn you want to throw in before we move on? Yeah. Um, his favorite, my, my favorite words that Aiden said this year weren't actually roasting Allen. That was a close second. But after we <laughs> beat Colorado, got that first road win, um, Christian Duke was back on the bench. Um, just some, I can't, I can't actually say the quote on the podcast, because uh, this is a family podcast or something, but he was very, very excited and ready to celebrate finally getting a first road win. Um, and it's that passion that he brings every week. And it's that passion that he brings in training. Um, and it's, I won't say it's not, it's not as vocal uh, as maybe like Thomas Envoldson of 2018. Um, but it's definitely, he's always pushing everyone else to get best out of them um that's what you want as a leader maybe he doesn't wear the armband too much because orozco is coming back uh no idea about kevin alston um probably misses out to a guy like kevin alston as well but definitely the kind of guy that you want uh on the team for as long as possible and selfless too and still put up good numbers i mean if you discount 2018 if you don't count 2018 at all and and you look at his numbers here he's still a very good usl player um, yeah. And it's it's really nice to have a guy like that on the team. And really nice to have him on Orange County because I'm sure, you know, down there in San Diego, uh, Alan could probably say he would be a pretty good fit uh, on a San Diego roster being a local San Diego uh, guy uh, for an expansion team down there. Um, luckily, he's still with Orange County. But uh, tell me, Alan, is that a type of player that would fit in perfectly with an expansion team in San Diego? Uh, for sure. I know he has a huge connection to the community as well down here. Uh, his dad coaches, um, I think, USD. Uh, his dad also played for the San Diego Soccers, which is... <laughs> I wish we had that video to show. <laughs> that video is so good. So good. Um, and I know I know that he would you know, be um, adored down here as far as 
um, <laughs> having that um, that veteran veteran presence. Um, and but, but I think you know I think Aiden um, you know walks on to most teams, and they most teams would be happy to have him in the midfield um, for free kicks, for corners, for leadership. Um, and he's just kind of he's been there and he's done that, and uh, he's just a, an outstanding person. Uh, every time he was willing to talk, whether it was a you know important win or a tough loss, he was always willing to chat um, and, and and give us a quote and give us an interview. Uh, so he he just gets it in a way that uh, you hope that most sports players do. But um, he he definitely it's not just you know checking boxes. Oh, I got to talk to the fans. I got to talk. He definitely he he does it because he he really cares about the team uh, and he cares about uh, the community that's surrounding the team. Perfect. Uh, let's move right along, and we're going to move on to the forward slash winger of the year. And this one, we're actually going to allow Jacob to get a little bit more in vocally as he's going to uh, announce the nominees and the winner for this category. Yeah, of course. So our category, as you said, was forward winger of the year. And the nominees are Darwin Jones, Vinicius, Michael Seaton, and the winner is, of course... Michael Seaton. Michael I love that you say, of course, like, you know, even he knows, <laughs> even he knows that, that it's Michael always Seaton. bully season. <laughs> Although I, we can, we can definitely say Darwin Jones, there's a strong argument to be made for him mm-hmm. for what he did for Orange County this year. But I think when you look at the overall picture, Michael Seaton has to be the person uh, that gets the, the uh, award on this. And, and we did get some audio from him. He also sent us in a clip really quick. Let me go ahead and play that for you. Hey guys, thank you for accepting me for the award. It's truly an honor, truly appreciate it. Um, that's something I can take into the near future for uh, future accolades to come. Um, thanks for supporting through the good and bad with the team this year. Sorry we couldn't bring it all the way, the way that we planned and envisioned it. But definitely there's always room for improvement and we're gonna improve and I'm gonna improve as a player as well. But I truly appreciate this. It means a lot to me. Uh, this team is a family. You guys are family and you guys are the motor that keeps us going. So. I really appreciate it again from the bottom of my heart and I'll see you guys soon, you know? Perfect. So uh, again, we got to just go with the chant, right? Seton's on fire. Your, your defense is terrified. Um, Just, I I think one of the fan favorites out there on the pitch, if not the fan favorite, um, Dylan, let me go to you really quick on this. Michael Seton. Um, Can you say anything else? (laughs) Yeah, you love Walker Hume. Um, So we we let you, and that was Alan's idea, was was giving that defender one to you so you could gush about Walker, um, and I can gush about Mike all day long. Um, If you look, you know, if you look at the entire season and you look at how this entire season shaped up, he had basically no service this year. And he still went and tallied 13 goals in total. I mean, 12 in the regular season and, and a late constellation goal. Uh, an extra time against the Monarchs. Um, it was really impressive. And, and that comes from him never giving up. And that's his attitude. Um, I think a lot of people doubted him at the beginning of the year that he could kind of fill in for Thomas Innovolson. And um, I feel like everyone should probably know this by now, but Mike loves people to doubt him because he loves to prove people wrong and uh, thrives on proving people wrong and definitely derives some uh, great joy from doing it. Um, you know, he eclipsed uh, Anna Wilson as the all-time leading scorer for the club. He, oh man, he's barely older than I am, and 
it seems like he's been around and that he's got this like experience, um, like that veteran kind of um, like awareness and instinct. And he's going to be 24 next year. So he's got a lot of time and he's not even in his prime yet. Um, I'm seriously so amazed by what he managed to do this year. Uh, assists and, and scoring himself. Just, I really hope we get some more bully season next year. <laughs> Alan, what about you? Um, I was impressed by his competitive spirit, um, but also his, his ability to kind of always be kind of even. Um, he was never, he was excited, but he was never overly excited when things were down. He was never like, he was, he was very real and very honest. And there were some times where he, you know, he would talk to Dylan and I, uh, kind of off the record, if you will. Um, and it was very forthcoming about some of the things that he wanted to do better. Um, you know, he, he told Dylan and I, no one's going to beat me to the near post. If they do, I'll pay you a hundred bucks. And we're like, okay. And they never did. Like I, we were watching every game. Uh, his competitive spirit is is something that's impressive, and he does it with such joy. And I think that's what is attractive about Michael Seaton is sometimes people get competitive and they get they get this edge about them, and it's uh, you you look at them, you're like, oh, I'm not going to talk to them. They're just like in the zone. They're intense. They're you know a little bit sometimes can be come off as jerks, uh, but Seaton's joy uh, was so infectious. Uh, that even in you know some of those downtimes that he talked about, um, it was um, you know he he was very real and very open and very honest. And then, but you can tell that he really wanted to be to be better, not just to like tell us that he wants to be better, but really believed it. And then uh, and do it in a way that it brought himself happiness and his teammates happiness. And, and you know he his quote was perfect. I don't, and it's not just him kind of running through the motions or platitudes or, you know, football manager or whateverness. It, <laughs> I mean, what he said was real. And I, and I saw it day, uh, a week in week out with him. Uh, just that, just that joy of being on the team, that family atmosphere. It was, uh, you, you couldn't help but root for him, uh, to be successful. Uh, if, you know, you, you want to see him back in Orange County, but if he doesn't get a look from an MLS club, I'd be very surprised. Um, he's great in the air. Uh, he takes crosses really well. Um, there's, you know, a couple of his, his headers go a few inches the other way, and we're talking about 15, 16 goals in the season. Uh, and that's just impressive. Uh, and, and he did it. And you can tell he gets frustrated, but afterwards he's, you know, he's just brutally honest. And the, like I said, the joy that he plays with is so much fun to watch. Jacob, you have hear any, that uh... Houston Dynamo? <laughs> Go ahead and get that player. <laughs> yeah, pay some money for Tab Ramos. No, no, no. He, he would he would do a really good job for some of those MLS teams that need someone to actually care um, and try week in week out. Like I believe the Dynamo desperately needs someone to do that. Um, Just don't take I, Michael. Seaton. I honestly, he's one of those. <laughs> he's one of a handful of players on this club that could easily fight their way onto an MLS team. If an MLS team gave them a look and invited them for a trial, I have no doubts that they would offer him a contract at the end of it because he works, I mean, he works his ass off every game. Regardless, I mean, you looked at opening months of the season, it was runs until he was exhausted and couldn't make those runs to the defense anymore. And even then it was still holding up the ball, getting everyone else involved in the play, trying to make something work. And, and well, even look at the final seconds of the season too, you know, 
Yeah, um, always going, and you you can't train that, right? Like that's that's innate, and that's something he has. Um, and that again goes to wanting to prove people wrong, but it's truly incredible what he he's capable of doing, and it's it's wonderful to watch. And I am like I've said this about everyone. I think that's won something. So glad to see him in Orange County shirt. I hope. Again, yes. I said it earlier. I really hope we get some more. Yes. Um, let's move on then. Let's move on to our next award. We have two more awards we're going to cover this episode. Uh, the next award, I'm going to hand it off to Dylan for the announcement of this next award. This next award is Fan of the Year. Dylan, take it away. All right. Well, um, <laughs> I actually got a vote in this. So, And I asked a couple <laughs> people that I thought would have voted for me. And they all said they didn't vote for me, so I don't know which one of you voted for me, but you're, you're crazy. Um, all right, so this uh, this year's, I think, final nominees were uh, Andy King, Haggis, Logan, Chris Riley, as always, Blaine Jenks. Um, there were some others that were nominated, including Alan, um, Sharon, I hope I'm saying that right, the CLC as a group, uh, someone named Len, Marcus, Mike Seaton's mom, Peyton, Phil Backey, who's from El Paso, I believe. Ray, who missed a lot of matches. Russell, uh, whom I don't know. And USL San Diego, also now known as the San Diego Loyal. That's correct. I did not vote for that in, in, in all <laughs> transparency. I really like to imagine not, that it was, that was not me. addicted to USL person on Twitter who was doing it in hopes that we would flame you for voting for USL San Diego. Um, But of all of those nominees, and I think there was probably some more, Andy King won this year's uh, fan of the year, which I think is extremely fair. Um, Well-deserved. You know, he was, he was on the drum for almost all the entire season. Uh, He was there at the beginning. Um, He was there in in Reno. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's a big fan of spiking truly into the uh, cement because they're garbage and he hates <laughs> having to drink them. Um, he, you know, he's always bringing people, whether it's his, his family um, or some work friends or some other friends, um, always posting on social media about the club, compiling a massive amount of statistics. Um, I reference them constantly. I feel like 90% of our conversations are just about something he's compiled Um but truly loves the team and truly loves the sport. And it's, I think it's well-deserved and that's no disrespect to, to anyone else um, except for Ray um, and Alan who definitely don't, don't deserve it for missing some games. Um, but yeah, you know, have a night, Andy. Uh, Are you not going to read sure his, He's, he's probably book? listening right now. So we'll give him a, uh... Oh, he did. He did. You did fix the quote thing. Okay. I did. I did. Right. He, he gave us a nice uh, long one. That's what she did. Uh, to my orange and black family. Three years ago, I sent an email to some guy named Blaine after seeing a YouTube video about lower division soccer supporters groups. I couldn't imagine after three seasons I'd be fan of the year. Everything I do is for county and county line coalition, and I just try to not screw up too much. <laughs> from drumming to printing song lists, traveling to away games, promoting CLC online, and getting fans and supporters fired up about county. That said, I can never get anything done if it wasn't for my orange and black family. I don't use that label lightly as I feel like you're all my brothers and sisters. I can't name everyone, but definitely special thanks to Blaine, Dylan, Ray, Alan, Jen, the Mats, and Tom. You've all accepted me from the beginning like I'd been there the whole time, from my first watch party in 2017 to the final home game of a challenging 2019. I look forward to many more seasons drumming in Section 9 until we find someone better, that is. Thanks again for the recognition. 
Only love wins. Four County. Yeah, that's that's Andy. We're like the old saps, I think, of the group. We like to get nice and emotional. Someone else wax pull up about him before I get sad because it's gonna be a few months before I see him. Alan, go. No, I, I of of the CLC outside of you know uh, uh, Dylan and uh, he was for sure the most vocal. Uh, he engaged me in uh, outside of the soccer because uh, we share an interest in music and band and such. Um, but just talking to him, you can tell that this was such uh, such a, a big part of you know, what brought him joy and seeing uh, Andy uh, interact with the team and at some of the, the meetups or some of the, the pregame stuff they started doing at the end of the season. It was always such a pleasure to, to talk with him. Uh, and he was always looking to bring new people in and make them feel welcome. And those are the types of things that really attracted me to Orange County to begin with was like the immediate uh, welcoming environment that Orange County creates. Um, and that's through their supporters and folks like Andy that, you know, it, they make you feel like you're part of something right away. And they're well, they, they just, um, they reach out to you and they talk to you and, um, I can't say enough nice things about Andy. Um, so uh, we would be here for another 45 minutes, I think, if I said everything <laughs> I wanted to say about, about Andy. But he's he's a, such a vocal part and and not in the normal, like, bantery things, uh, just really promoting positivity and uh, promoting uh, that family atmosphere and really giving it his all for the, for the team and for the, for the CLC. And that kind of attitude is definitely infectious. Um, it makes supporter culture, uh, a more positive place, a place where people feel like they can belong and be part of a community. Uh, cause some supporter culture is, is pretty negative and it is pretty, uh, the banter is fun, but sometimes it can get a little bit, you know, negative and mean. Um, and I never saw that at all from Andy and it was really refreshing to see his approach to supporter culture and, you know, and, and that realm on the social medias. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for Andy and what he was able to uh, portray his love for the team uh, in a very positive and welcoming manner. Yeah. And, and I agree with, with the two gentlemen there. Andy's just been amazing. He's, you know, open to welcoming anyone that's willing to chant, along with him and Caroline Coalition out there in Section 9. Uh, you know, he jokingly, we, we jokingly, I say stupid things or I mess up uh, common phrases or whatnot, and he jokingly harasses me on it, but it's all out of fun, out of love. He's been a great supporter of us as the podcast um, ever since it was just me and, and Dylan talking, sort of not knowing what we were doing yet. I know we still don't quite know what we're doing, but we've slowly gotten a little bit better at this. Uh, and Andy's been one of those that, you know, since day one, a supporter of not just Orange County Soccer Club, but our podcast uh, and helping, you know, support us in what we do because you know, we, we like to sort of joke. We're like the one media entity that covers this team, uh, you know, full. You know, we, we're not, you know, just covering when it's Chivas or um, um, what is it? Uh, Club Tijuana playing against Orange County. We're actually there, you know, when it's a preseason game against the backups for Toronto at UC Irvine trying to cover the game for you. So um, again, props to Andy props to all the other nominees that were part of this. Uh, I know I reached out to some of you letting you know, Hey, you're one of the finalists. Uh, 
give me a, a something you'd like to say if you are the winner. Um, I know Blaine got back to us and basically just wanted to give a shout out to his wife who puts up with his crazy stuff uh, with, with his quote, a shout out to my wife who puts up with my crazy fandom and a nod to the rest of the Camerlang who are just as Looney Tunes as I am. So um, Orange County has some awesome fans out there in Caroline Collision. If you've never sat with them, never been around them, um, come out to a match, come see what it's like out there. Come hang out with those guys because they are definitely big soccer fans and they're welcoming to anyone that wants to cheer just as wild and crazy as them. I'm sure, Jacob, you have fans like out, like that out there in, uh, in the tip of Texas. Um, so, yeah. I like the subtle head shake, like. Eh, maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> i like that that was awesome they have to exist right there's a supporters <laughs> group out there oh and logan just threw through his quote because he was one of the finalists too his quote was i hate phoenix um i knew let's... i was gonna say he'd like to thank all of um the haters <laughs> from phoenix for probably voting for him <laughs> his, but yeah what a time Congrats all, right. to all um, fans that got nominated because yeah. it was a write-in vote. It wasn't easy. People actually chose to type in your name as the vote. It wasn't like we had a list of every single fan that we knew of. They actually had to take the time and type each key to put your name in there. So <laughs> that was a struggle for some of us, wasn't it, Ray? It, it was. It's hard to type in it's good you know, thing Andy three four letters. letters. I know Andy's four letters. That's hard to do. And then if well, you put in the last name, well, <laughs> no, nah, I didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, for time purposes, unless anyone else wants to say anything about Andy before we move on, no, it's one big group, right? And one big group together mings us to our next one fan favorite player. Um, we had five nominees, five finalists, that is, for this, uh, for this award. We had Christian Duke, Walker Hume, Darwin Jones, Michael Seaton, and Joe Miko. Um, I'm gonna try and get through this one without like choking up or something or tearing up um and not being able to read what i wrote down for this but <laughs> fan favorite player the 2019 season was joe amico um is definitely not that alan it's definitely not harry forrester um so strange that you had the results and still got along anyway um joe had probably a it's it's hard to describe. I think the year that he had, and um, and I wrote a lot about this for my four most impressive and least impressive players. He was definitely on my most impressive. Um, we signed him before Kevin Olson resigned, and it kind of seemed like he was just going to be backup to to Contour and backup to Kevin. And then in Reno, he opened the season as an emergency center back, um, playing in a position he'd never played in before, and arguably was a very awkward fit for, but he did what was asked of him. And he did that all season long. Um, and he did that regardless, you know, he, he picked up a red um, in Vegas in June, um, had a really bad match against Portland and got dropped for a couple weeks and didn't give up and didn't hang his head. Um, you know, he understood that he had made some mistakes, put his head down in training and made his way back onto the team sheet he ended up making 27 appearances um, and it got to the point where Kevin Olsen's returning from injury. And it, we, I think we were all talking about it. Does Kevin Olsen really get back into the team right now? Um, Joe held him out for a week, that match against RGV. And I think if we win that match against RGV, probably Kevin doesn't play. Um, there doesn't start the next game. And so Joe ended up making 17 consecutive appearances uh, after being dropped and, 
scored his first professional goal, but the biggest thing was never giving up and being super appreciative to the fans, whether he was warming up during halftime, warming up before the game, um, just during breaks in play, you know, we'd, we'd do a Joe Miko chant or uh, usually I would just scream, I love you, Joe. Um, and, and he would give a little thumbs up um, or, or kind of chuckle. But, you know, I think I've talked about it all night. Um, guys that just don't give up and guys that put their heads down and, and work really hard. Um, those are the guys that make really big impacts at this level. And maybe it's hard to make a really big impact as a fullback. But showing up and doing what's asked of you and never giving up is, is massive. Um, it was really nice to see him uh, dress for us. Um, I hope that he comes back. He was really coy when I talked to him about his future. Um, you know, but he's, he's not from here, so I do wonder where he ends up. Um, but, you know, it's, it's nice to, to have those guys on the team um, that... Like you're really going to miss if they don't come back and you really wonder um, like what their future holds, but you know it's going to be something really positive just because of the way that they, they show up and do their job and interact with the people that um, are there to support them. Alan, do you have any uh, anything you want to share about Joe Amico? Yeah, I'm just surprised his Wikipedia doesn't say defender slash striker because uh, <laughs> that one goal was just such a pretty goal. Um, and you look at it, you're like, what is, he's cutting inside. He's getting a pass. He's getting played through. Like he looked like a wing back or like a winger and not a wing back, but a winger cutting in, um, playing confidently and getting that goal. It, it was, it was one of the, the highlights of the season to see a couple of these younger guys get their first professional goals, uh, and to see what it means for them to, to do that, uh, for Orange County. Um, yeah, I, I agree. He played very well. Um, he, he was an exciting player to watch. Um, and he was, you just, you can see that he wanted to be the best he can be on the pitch. Um, so it's no, it's no surprise that he was kind of the fan favorite. Uh, you know, if you're not an Orange County supporter, that might surprise you, uh, that this, this, you know, younger kid who plays, you know, on the back line is the best player or the fan favorite. Usually it's a more offensive player, but um, I, I think it just speaks to who Joe is as a person uh, as well as a player. And I know we talked a lot about that with some of the other players as well, but um, I, I do think uh, Joe really understood um, what it meant to, um, to interact with the fans in a positive manner um, and do it in a way that really brings those fans in a little bit more to what it's like to be a professional football player. Um, so outside, I think it might be a surprise, but I think watching him week in, week out and the things that he did for the fans and, um, especially the supporter section, um, it's no doubt why he won this award. And just two quick things for me really quick. And you've heard probably some of this in the past. Um, I believe if I can remember correctly, Joe was one of the first players to follow us. I believe it was on SoundCloud, but he was one of the first ones that actually followed the podcast when we had our podcast on on uh, SoundCloud. Second story is this season when they moved the supporters group from the stands over to section nine, uh, there was a barricade that basically blocked the players from making their way, uh, at least at the beginning of the season, making their way up to the fans to maybe give high fives and, and whatnot. Uh, I think it was my family. We were at the very first game and this was happening. And I want to say my wife said Joe was the one that like 
was determined to jump over that barricade to come high five the fans because he wanted to show love. And that's all that shows where um, he really cared about this, this team, this fan base um, and what was going on here. And he really loved the fans uh, this, you know, over these past few seasons. So again, hopefully, um, hopefully we see more of this and yeah. So uh, I don't know, Jacob, do you have anything you want to say on this? I mean, uh, like you said, that's determination to get to fans, and that's exactly what you want from a player. Yes, of course, you want a player to play as well as possible, but not necessarily be a robot in a sense of just, well, I play soccer, then I'm going to go into the tunnel. Yes, I'll interact with the fans in the tunnel, but that's about it. Now, it's just that way of saying, look, y'all have supported us. And we're going to try to give back and just stay after the game and, you know, either do a chant with y'all or something, something, something like that for sure. Just give love back to the fans. And well, I'm, that really helps for a fan to say, Hey, that's a player that has said hello to us and has talked to us a bit. We love this player because of that. And we love this player because they stayed after to sign an autograph or to take a selfie with us. So it's always great for that. It's just a fan experience. This is the USL. It's not like it's the Premier League. So, yeah, definitely. Um, any last thoughts on this before we wrap things up, gentlemen? I feel so emotional. Like, and we haven't even done <laughs> all of the awards yet, and I'm just like, oh, we're only halfway through this, Dylan. I hate the off season because I just I think I tweeted about this earlier this week. I just sit around and I just wonder where some of these guys can end up. Um, the coaching staff said we're going to try and bring everyone back. It's like, does another team come and offer them more money? Do they want to go home? And it, oh god! And Dylan, this is my hell. This is my this, hell. This show is where we get to talk about this through the off season. We might not do every single week. We do t- like to take some time off for the holidays, but we definitely will talk about all this stuff and much more. We have more awards that we're going to talk about next week. Um, the awards that we still have to cover. So join us next week if you want to hear these. We have to talk about the assist of the year. Um, the guest of the year, will Jacob win that award? Yes or no? Uh, save of the year, win of the year, toughest opponent of the year. Um, what else do we have? Celebration of the year, the team MVP, and goal of the year. Those are the awards that we will be announcing next week. Um, so, again, join us next week to find out who wins. Um, hopefully you, you agree with the winners of these awards because you guys are the ones that voted for them, fans. Um, really quick, before we... End things. Quick random thoughts from from each of us. I'm going to go to you first, Alan. Random thought. I got nothing tonight. Perfect. I'm I'm pretty emotionally worn out from this experience. <laughs> Dylan, what about you? Um, I don't have anything to recommend to read, but just um, you know, it's lower division soccer, and um, these guys hear what we say. Um. There were a couple games early this season where some random people were um, maybe not supporting the club is what I'll put. Um, and actually, uh, you know, there's a difference between complaining and not supporting. Um, these guys hear you. And with guys like Joe and guys like Christian, um, yeah, they do They do pay attention and they do hear. Um, and maybe they don't play for the shirt as much as they play for a contract and their, and their livelihood. But um, and it's a small, intimate menu. They can hear you. And it's good to get behind them. Um, you know, they're people too, especially at this level. 
they are people who are trying to get by and you know spread some joy for once my god i've said it like a billion times in this podcast but it's a very negative world and um soccer is like a great refuge from that so just be kind like what andy said and what alan said yeah just be kind love one another perfect jacob what about you any random thoughts yeah i've got a good random thought actually involves racing and also a bit of soccer so of course the austin bold stadium as you all know is located at circuit of the americas which is one of the best circuits out there plus it's just a fantastic location either way so they built built it there and it's funny so they had the usgp uh this past weekend and that was cool and i got to talk to some just you know random fans and they said that it has now the stadium has now impeded their viewing of the racetrack, which I thought that was hilarious. And they were so upset about it and things like that. Just like, you know, it's a great location for this. You're not going to find anywhere else. If you, if I mean, they probably were from California or somewhere else because they were actually they didn't have an accent. So. Yeah, like like a British accent or something like that. So, yeah, it it was just interesting to hear their thoughts and complaints about that whole thing when everyone, especially from the USL side, and even me, I mean, I'm a huge racing fan and a huge soccer fan. I know, guess what? It's great for both. They can get more attraction for the race, and they can get more attraction for soccer. So it's a win-win. Just wait till they have a weekend where there's the race and a game going on at the exact same time. That'd be pretty awesome. Austin's never going to make it that far in the playoffs. Uh, Austin very, bold comment there. very bold comment there, Dylan. They almost did. Oh, but they were a really comment. bad pun. But they wouldn't have hosted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I actually, I'm going to go with Alan. I don't really have a random thought to talk about. Probably because I want to stop talking because my voice is almost shot. Um, Yes. So we're going to do this uh, quick. Uh, Jacob, where can our listeners find you if they want to hear more of your voice or or just read what you have to say on social media? All right. Well, on Twitter, you can find me at JacobYoung456, Instagram JacobYoung99, and you can find Down in the Valley. Now, let me make sure that I actually get this correct. Our handle is down in the RGV. It's very simple, but also it's called D- Down the Valley Podcast is our Twitter handle there. And like us on Facebook, same deal. YouTube is Down in the Valley. And to be fair, Down in the Valley Soccer, or else you'll just find the song. <laughs> and part of BGN, correct? Part of BGN, yes. And maybe sure. some bigger news coming soon from Down the Valley, so that'll be good. Okay, well, we'll we'll definitely uh, be on the lookout for that bigger news. Alan, what about you? Right now, you can find me at a Underwood forty eight on the Twitter machines. Dylan, you can find me on Twitter at ocse underscore Dylan. You can find me on Reddit slash u slash ocse underscore Dylan. Perfect, and you can find me uh, on Twitter at dj ray samora. You can also find uh, the podcast on Twitter at 
OCSE underscore soccer cast. Look for us on Facebook, on Instagram. You get to search Orange and Black Soccer Cast. You'll pretty much find us on any of those social medias. You can also go to our website, OCSCpodcast.com, to read what we have to say or listen to any of our previous episodes uh thanks to all of our listeners for continuing to listen to us each and every week for those of you that have been listening since day one and continue to do so we definitely appreciate it if you are a newer listener maybe you're listening for the first time to hear our awards uh, go back and check some of our older episodes because we always reference things we've talked about in the past in our episodes uh, remember to check in next week for the uh, conclusion of the second annual Orange and Black Soccer Cast Awards. Uh, for our guests, Jacob, for Alan, for Dylan, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I'm Ray. I did that backwards, but who cares? And we are out. To our sponsor, Gruffneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.